If you're listening to this, you're probably a fan of podcasts. Luckily, Hardware Retailing has two other podcast series for you to enjoy. On Taking Care of Business, Hardware Retailing Executive Editor Dan Trottencheck talks to industry veterans and executives to get the latest scoop on the industry and their business. And on Tell Me More, NRHA Retail Outreach Coordinator Renee Shanyan connects with retailers across North America to learn about their operations, unique ideas, and retail insights. You can access all three Hardware Retailing podcast series by visiting hardwareretailing.com slash pod. That's hardwareretailing.com slash P-O-D or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Editorially Speaking, the podcast of Hardware Retailing Magazine. I am Melanie Mowell, the Managing Editor of Hardware Retailing. On today's episode, we have Lauren Wilson, who is a merchandising manager for Do It Best. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you, Melanie. I'm happy to be here. So um, when I was looking for guests for this episode, I, I reached out to my contacts at Do It Best and, and your name came up and, and I said you're a merchandising manager, but you have a very long title. So can you tell us a little bit about all the different categories uh, that, that you handle at Do It Best? Sure. Well, I have rental as well, in addition to food and snacks and toys and games and impulse and store supplies. So it's quite the array of different um, categories that I cover, uh, but that's what makes my job fun and exciting. Keeps it interesting for sure. So tell us a little bit about what kind of you do on a daily basis. You have, you cover a lot of bases, like you said. So, so what is your role really? Well, my job is to make sure that we have the right programs for our member store owners and that we have uh, the right vendors, the right product mix, and at the right pricing. Great. So today we're touching on the category of candy and food consumables. Mm -hmm. Um, We are expanding a little bit on the article that was in the most recent issue of Hardware Retailing Magazine. And we talked to retailers who kind of specialize or or highlight local food options in their operations, which can be a really uh, lucrative and and compelling category for people. Um, So I wanted to kind of get the, the perspective of somebody who you know, is on the other side of that, is helping to find those products and and get retailers connected to the products that are really going to make a difference for them in this category. Um, So can you talk a little bit about kind of the recent trends that have come up in this category? Um, Obviously, the pandemic has changed up for a lot of of retailers' categories across the board. Um, So if you want to touch a little bit on pre-pandemic and during pandemic um, and kind of how this category has changed for people um, or why it's a smart decision to to kind of invest in this category. Sure, yeah, there's definitely a lot there to talk about. Uh, the pandemic has certainly had a big impact on this category um, as it has a lot of our other categories as well, but specifically for food and snacks, um, you know, pre-pandemic in this category, we were already seeing um, great growth and strong and consistent um, sales for our store owners year over year. And really the best news is that there's still tremendous potential for market share growth in this category. Um, Really like any other growth opportunity and potential, the big win comes when a store owner, you know, devotes the time and and the focus to to truly do it right. Um, Now, the 
pandemic, the impact of the pandemic. Now, once that hit, you know, as I mentioned before, this category was already performing extremely well uh, before the pandemic. And since the start of the pandemic, it has seen an additional boost and increase in sales. Uh, frankly, everyone is spending significantly more time at home right now, and everyone is snacking significantly more while working from home, uh, which is why we've seen this additional boost and growth in this, this category. Um, but post-pandemic, you know, what's that going to look like um, now more than ever? Uh, people are really relying on their local hardware stores to provide them with, with the products they need. And they're trusting them to deliver these products in a safe manner. And this has really increased the traffic to the local hardware stores um, from existing and, and really from new customers as well. So um, it's improved the opportunity uh, for impulse purchases in this category. Um, as a result, that's why we are seeing this growth or that we've been seeing um, and as we get back to, to a new nor normal, whatever that may look like, uh, the snacking needs of consumers, they're, they're not going to change. Uh, store owners can really establish themselves now in a category that will continue to have success. So how do you kind of uh, talk to retailers who may not have a very broad consumables category right now, but they're looking to invest a little bit more in it? Maybe they've had some some customer requests for certain things. Um, you know, if somebody were to come to you at a market and say, hey, I really want more information about how to invest in this category, how to do it right, like you said, um, what's kind of what are kind of those tips um, or suggestions you give to those retailers? Sure. Um, it can be very scary, a little overwhelming to get started in a category that is not a traditional focus maybe for a store. So for those store owners who are looking for some additional guidance, the two main things I would tell them, the two strategies and that they should be focusing on and looking at, one, the first of is product mix. You know, what's the right products to have in this category. Um, it is definitely important to have an offering of core items that customers are used to seeing out in the marketplace. Uh, it's important to offer these traditional items really because consumers are familiar with them and they do not you know, have to think too much about it when trying to just grab and go. But it's also really important to give your customers an offering of unique or specialty food items they cannot get just everywhere else. The key thing I would say here is just do not be afraid to try new things and find out what works best for your store and your customers. Um, ask them, see what they are wanting and what they're looking for and see what's other folks are successful with and have been successful with and um, go to shows and try to look and see see what what's trending out there, but not just what's trending, um, what other key areas that people have also seen success in. So, but besides just the product mix, the other important thing to know um, if you're getting into this category is really pricing strategy. Um, sometimes there can be a misconception with uh, that the price has to be the lowest price on everything that, that, that's out there and all the items that we have in our store have to be the lowest price in the entire industry. But that just is not true for the food and snack category. Uh, the great thing about this category is that, you know, your pricing really just needs to be on par with, you know, gas stations and convenience stores. 
customers are buying these impulse goods because they are already in your store and it's convenient for them. Um, they, they're not going to drive to another location just to save pennies. As long as your price is in line with convenience stores, then you will have the right price point for your customers. It really sounds like everything you just said could almost be applied to any category. I feel like a lot of that advice is, is you know, is tips we give to retailers, you know, regardless of, of what the category is, you know, going out and shopping other stores, finding out what's trending, going to shows. Um, and so it really just seems like this category fits into everything else a retailer would would offer already be doing exactly in similar in that same vein um just i mean merchandising the products it's, it's the same thing as when you're merchandising other products too you just want to make sure your shelves aren't empty they're fully stocked they're well organized it gives the customer you know i mean they can't buy product that's not there and um you know those are just it's, it's similar in this category as it is to, to the other categories as well. What might be a little different about this category, although I'm sure um, most of the store owners would certainly think about this already, but just where to merchandise it, because they're impulse goods that customers are not necessarily planning to purchase upon entering the store, it's just important to make sure it's in a focal point, it's you know front and center, it's in and around the checkout lanes. That's going to increase their potential and their opportunity for sales. So one of the key parts of the article that's in the magazine this month is, is kind of talking about um, local goods um, and local food. So, you know, if there are things that, that retailers are sourcing, you know, maybe not from their, from their distributor or wholesaler, um, what kind of best practices do you guys recommend um, to kind of make those connections um, where, where can retailers find those new, unique, local products? One of the things that we can help store owners with that are interested in getting into this category is we can help them provide. We have a lot of vendors and a lot of programs um, that are exclusive to this channel. So they have the buying power of you know, a large global company, but they we have programs with these vendors and these manufacturers, these suppliers that um, have these exclusive specialty products. So it feels local. Uh, so they get this unique product that really relates to their customers, um, that makes the uh, shopping experience very unique and memorable for their customer base, but it also um, gives them the price point uh, of a, a large buying group. So that's that's a really great solution that they can have. And that gives them the opportunity and the potential to try out new things because it's not as much of a, of a risk. For sure. Can you talk a little bit about how um, that plays into differentiating a, a local business um, and how retailers can use this category to kind of build on, on creating that the kind of specialty or destination feel for their store? 
that is another key reason for store owners to get into the category. Uh, it just gives them the opportunity to provide that unique experience for their customers that'll keep them coming back for more. You know, whether it's creating a display of old-fashioned soda pop or specialty popcorn or exclusive barbecue sauces, and there's premium pickles and peanuts and colorful candies and delicious baking goods. There's just so many unique and innovative products uh, that are exclusive to our channel, which store owners can use to create that lasting impression and that memorable experience for their customers. And it's really what makes this category so exciting. Building on that a little bit, we're heading into the holiday season, believe it or not. Um, so how does this category kind of play into the holidays for retailers? Um, and, and is there enough time right now if somebody were to call you up and say, hey, I really want to add some, some additional consumables to my product mix ahead of the holidays? Is there enough time to do that right now? Oh, yes, there is definitely enough time to do that. And a lot of the vendors and our, our uh, suppliers have great solutions already that are prepackaged goods um, that make it really easy to find that solution and get into it. It's a you bring it in, put it out, take it out, very quick uh, solution and easy to do. So those are there's plenty of time for that and um, it really can boost their sales during that time. You're already getting an increase. Um, and your foot traffic from your uh, customers. So it's really a good time to capitalize on that and add some of those um, holiday displays and, and holiday packages um, that can make it even more convenient for your customers. I know we talked a little bit about where in the store, um, but um, what about stores? You know, maybe they don't feel like they have enough space or maybe stores feel like they're sure. too big. Um, so what, what are kind of some strategies with that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. The how, how do we merchandise it? So there are many different ways to merchandise these goods, uh, depending on the space of the stores for stores with larger footprints, permanent fixtures can be a great solution and it's best to keep it low profile and very open, uh, since it is around the checkout and in and around the checkout lane. Uh, for stores with less space available, there are permanent and disposable options for countertop displays and floor displays. These really take up a lot less space, a much smaller footprint, and can be very easy to switch products in and out of so you can try new things and see what works best. But regardless of, of the merchandising solution you know, that meets your store's needs, just be sure like, uh, to, that the shelves are well-organized, well-stocked, you know, not only are empty shelves less appealing to consumers, but a store will certainly miss out on an opportunity to build the customer's basket size if their selection and inventory is, is lacking. So when we're talking about product mix, you talked a little bit about that earlier. Um, have you seen any specific trends in certain types of snacks in, you know, maybe even the last year and, and maybe even trends in, in what people are snacking on right now while they are staying at home, like you mentioned? Um, one thing that, that kind of came up in our research was, was the uptick in, in healthy, high protein options. Um, so is there, 
you know, if you're looking to kind of capitalize on, on a certain customer type, you know, if, if somebody operates a pro store versus a, a DIY focused store, um, is there any kind of specific um, consumable trend they should look into when they're, when they're working on that product mix? The healthy, high protein options, that is certainly a trend that, that those sales in that category are increasing and have a large increase, um, but it is definitely a smaller bucket to begin with. So um, it really will depend on the customer's base. Those, that is a good category to try out. And there definitely are other, um, there are a lot of different manufacturers that are changing their products up a little bit so that they can meet that need and, and fill that healthy snacking need. Um, it's a healthier snack than what maybe their traditional line product lineup is. Um, so there's still some options in with the vendors that you're already in the manufacturers you're already familiar with uh, in that category. But there's still the tried and true traditional snacks um, your you know, salty snacks and your chocolate categories, those are always very strong categories to get into. Uh, they aren't necessarily, they're not going to be a fad that's just going to decrease and only be short-lived. Um, it's good to have a product mix, definitely, of both of those kinds of things. Um, I would have a larger product mix and some of those you know, traditional items that um, have seen success in the past already. I would have a larger mix of that. One thing that that may be a concern to retailers if they're if they're coming into this category new or building up their inventory is is this um, is that these products are kind of the only thing in their store that have a literal shelf life. Um, so when when you're when you're thinking about trying new products and, and considering a, a shelf life of a product, is there kind of a, a window where you can say, you know, if you have something on your shelf for X number of days, X number of weeks, and it's not moving, um, is there, you know, is there kind of a test retailers can, can use to determine whether, you know, to bring something back in or not? Um, or is it just kind of the traditional cycle of a product? So the, it is very important because these all have expiration dates and salvage dates to make sure that you're paying attention to that. Um, there's, they are all different across all of the category or all of the different items. So it's important to, to be aware and to be cognizant of that because anything that expires, you're, it's a loss for you. So you can use those items maybe that haven't sold that are about to set, are, are going to expire soon. Um, as long as you're paying attention to those things, you can uh, make sure you go through, do a special on them, do a deep discount. Customers already love discounts anyway. And so just make it easier for them to go ahead and agree to buy it. Uh, by doing a special or a sale, um, even near around the check, closer to the checkout lane might be a good place or an end cap to do something like that. Um, also, you could always use those items as rewards. People love food and snacks. Maybe it's a morale booster for your employees. They don't have to know that it's because those items were going to expire. Um, or maybe you use it as a giveaway to some of your customers and 
as a thank you to them for you know, shopping your store. Discounted food will always get me to buy. So <laughs> from, you know, if anybody needs an anecdote from a consumer, it's, you know, if there's a clearance sticker on a candy bar, you're going to get me. That's right. I mean, you're almost paying me to take it. So why wouldn't I just buy that? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we kind of come to a uh, conclusion of the, of the questions we had, but I wanted to kind of open it up to you in case there were any tips or, or things that you wanted to be sure to address and, and, and give retailers insight into um, for this category. Sure. Well, yes, I just wanted to talk a little bit about why it's such a great category to get into. And you mentioned earlier, asked earlier, why it's such a smart category to get into. And um, simply put, food and snacks, it's a great category because convenience is king. Uh, consumers are not interested in making multiple stops to complete all the items on their checklist. They want to make one stop they're already making a stop at your store for the products and services and solutions they need. Let's give them the snacks they want as well. They will buy it in your store if it's available. And if it's not available, not only do you obviously miss out on the opportunity to increase the sale ticket and build the basket of your new and existing customers, but you also miss out on the purchase of these goods from your employees. In some instances, employees can be your biggest consumers of these products. If you don't have the products in your store, then you force your employees to go somewhere else on their breaks for their snacks. You know, keep them in your store while also increasing your sales. That's a really great point. Um, I used to work for a nationally well-known coffee chain. Um, and yeah, that, that food was you know my lunch um, often. Um, and, and I think the other thing about that is if, if we go back to local goods, um, you know, if your employees are buying those products, then they are another, you know, another recommendation, another voice. Um, you know, if a customer picks something up and says, Hey, is this good? Um, then your employee can say, yes, definitely. I eat one every day. Um, and so you, you get that word of mouth in store at the checkout immediately. Um, so that's definitely a bonus. It is, and that's really one of the ways that, I mean, we also get feedback from our member store owners and our sales managers and our other coworkers on what they like and what's successful for them. We put out the food and snacks and some samples and whatever is gone is what they like best. So that can give us a hint as to you know, what might also be successful from your everyday consumer. Sampling is, is actually something I hadn't considered, but it's also a, a very strong strategy that we used at that nationally recognized coffee chain every day. It was, it was part of our checklist to, to prepare goods for sampling. And so I think that could be a really smart um, opportunity for retailers too. If, you know, if you have that, that package of, of candy that's you know that maybe expires next week um you can open it up and and of course safely in today's world um prepare it for for samples and and make it available for people to try and then uh you you definitely create sales that way you do and sampling is actually it really is one of the best ways uh, that 
you can get a customer hooked on something, get them to try something, especially for some of those premium products that they may not, it's the premium products tend to be at a higher price point and the consumer may not really be willing to put quite as much money, that kind of money down on something that's unknown and that they're unsure of. So being able to sample it, uh, provide some sort of a sample, obviously, yes, in a, a safe manner um, is really the best way to get those consumers coming back for more. Um, that's been really a proven way that a lot of our store owners have been able to have success with non-traditional products and non-traditional food items um, that they never thought possible. And you will even see some suppliers, I mean, they will have pre-packaged little small sample uh, packets that you can purchase and you can get from them, um, especially maybe during if there's some sort of a promotion going on at the store. That's a great time to give away those little packets of things that those customers can try and they'll be back for more. And then what it does is it kind of uh, reinforces that um, connection to the store. Um, it, it just kind of uh, insulates the customer experience in that way. If they say, hey, I got that really great thing at the hardware store, um, you may even bring people back to get a snack and then they also remember they need light bulbs. So, you know, you kind of do the inverse of, you know, I'm already here, I might as well get these other things. Um, so I think that's a really great uh, connection to make too. It is. I have definitely gone to stores before just because there was something specific that I like there and I can only get it there. And that's the store I choose to go to. Definitely, definitely. Um, so Lauren, I think one question I have for you before we, before we uh, end today is, is what's your go-to snack? Are you a salty person? Are you a chocolate person? Are you a fruity candy person? Yes. <laughs> Do I have to pick? <laughs> I love them all. And it just depends on what I am looking for at that time and how stressed out I am at the time that I select my, my snack of choice. So uh, yes, I like all of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. They are all my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I really appreciate your time, Lauren. Thanks for offering your insights and, and best practices to retailers. And uh, hopefully we see some really uh, great stuff come up uh, in the holiday season. I know that those manufacturers are kind of itching to, to get into this, into the market um, and, and surprise people hopefully this year with, with some much needed treats um, going into the holiday season. So yes, some much needed stress relievers. That's what I look for in my snacks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks so much, Lauren. Take care. Bye-bye. Here are some highlights from the September issue of Hardware Retailing. On the cover, meet Chris Miller, CEO of Nation's Best Holdings, a new company focused on identifying and investing in hardware stores and home centers with strong local roots and a best-in-class approach to service. We talked to Chris to get his insights into the company's growth strategy and the future of the industry. Also in this issue, we're looking at how to manage your price image. Learn how Darren Yinks, co-owner of Jackson Center Pro Hardware, uses regular visits to his competitors to create a price image that keeps customers coming back and filling their baskets. The category spotlight in the September issue 
is all about food and snacks. Including locally produced and packaged snacks and candy in your consumables product mix can boost add-on sales and customer loyalty. Learn the value of trying something new in this varied category. Finally, we celebrate 2020 NRHA Young Retailer of the Year honorees. These six retailers are revamping company cultures, expanding sales, adopting new retail innovations, and mentoring future leaders. And they're just getting started. Meet them all in this issue. The September issue of Hardware Retailing is available on September 1st. Be sure you're subscribed to receive the digital edition of Hardware Retailing every month by visiting hardwareretailing.com slash subscribe.